Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, before we start the episode, I do have to just pop in a trigger warning for suicide and for eating disorders. So if that triggers you, please hop out now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of That Gym Girl. Um, I might be speaking a little bit quietly because I'm at my Nana Gramps' house in England. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, welcome back to another episode of That Gym Girl. My name is Angel. I am your host and we are chatting all things ADHD and how this affects your fitness journey. I have actually had the privilege of chatting to one of my clients, Emma, who was really, really kind in sharing her story and really giving her perspective on how she's managed, you know, getting diagnosed at a late age and really stepping into her next self in terms of the gym and fitness and academics as well. So yes, this is very exciting. I hope that you enjoy the episode. Please make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at that gym girl podcast or chuck me a follow at Angel Wallace Smiles. Also, there's like that little five stars you can do where you can press and give us a five star review because that is super, super fun. And also, lastly, if you head over to Naked Harvest, make sure to use our discount code that gym girl all in capital letters to get yourself a few dollars off at the checkout because I know that their Black Friday sale is next week. So, yeah. Okay. Bye, friends. Welcome back to another episode of That Gym Girl Podcast. Guys, today I'm here with actually a friend and also a client, um, Emma O'Donnell. Hello. How are you? Nervous. Nervous. But excited. excited. All of these things. Now, I would love for you just to do a really, really quick brief rundown. Yeah. Who you are. And what you do. Wow. Those are not small questions. <laughs> so, okay, I'm 24. I am just done my Bachelor of Pharmacy. That has been an absolute whirlwind. It's taken me six years to get here. Never thought I would do pharmacy with my life. I didn't do science past year 10. But perseverance and a determination and a stubbornness in me was like, no, I've changed my mind. I want to do pharmacy now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to do a few things to like bridge my way into it. Um, so I've been in pharmacy for like 10 years. So I've got like a career now, not just like a degree, which yep. is like kind of scary, but exciting. I have done a lot in the last couple of years with that too. I've been 
president of my student society for pharmacy students um, for two years. Before that, I was on the committee for a year. I am on the National Association of Pharmacy Students. I'm on their executive board of directors, so I actually have like a That's wild. company, yeah, which is scary but also exciting, and I love that. I'm going to start my internship next year in a hospital, and I'm so excited for that. Um, moving to the sunny coast in like, oh god, like eight weeks. And Sunshine Coast, for those who aren't based in Australia, because there'll be people listening from like oh yeah, all over the world, is we're currently on the Gold Coast, so it's about two hours, three hours yeah. north of here. Yeah. So yeah. Really pretty beaches. It's like a slightly slower pace of life, which I'm hoping will rub off on me because yeah. I'm a very go, go, go person. I work in a hospital at the moment too, which I love my job. It's my favorite job I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Like the people I work with are so much fun. Um, I don't know. My whole life is basically just pharmacy. That's like me. And like, then beneath this, yeah. what else have you been managing in your life? Well, I got a ADHD diagnosis in 2020 no 2021 okay that's recent yeah so very recent that diagnosis I had been exploring it for about six six months eight months eight months before then um I was stuck on women with ADHD TikTok for six months and I could not get off it Mm -hmm. those damn algorithms and it seems like not like a fad at the moment that everyone's getting like a, a diagnosis yeah and it's kind of almost trendy but and I can definitely say that I've been one of these people that kind of just like makes it seem more fun and woo yay ADHD like haha that's why I'm so chaotic but what you don't see is like the day-to-day struggles of people with yep. that um particularly women who are being diagnosed later on in life what was your initial reaction? Because you're what? How old were you when you were diagnosed? Was 23. Okay, just. now tell me, you're 22 years old mm-hmm. and you, why, two, two questions, why mm-hmm. did you think you needed to get diagnosed? So the why part of that question is I knew something wasn't right with my mental health. I've always been very open and honest with my mental health. I suffered quite bad anxiety Um, when I was about 17, 18. I was on any depressants for that as well. I had some depressive symptoms. Um, I was suicidal at one point. Mm -hmm. I nearly killed myself. Mm -hmm. I guess you'll need to put a trigger warning in. Yeah, I'll put that Um, on. That's fine, that's fine. So that for me was a very big catalyst of something's not quite right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was when I was 18. Um, also, hot tip, people with ADHD, um, if you're listening, you probably feel things very strongly, so you probably understand how I went from being, like, super happy and perky to, like, crying right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, also, this is the first time I've ever told this whole story in full. Um, not my therapist. Yeah. Um. And you're not just telling me, you're telling yeah. lots of people. People all over the world. But I know that this is something that will help people. And during year 12, I was always invited to present to the younger students because I was so open about my mental health. And I was always really honest. I know that there was a presentation one day where 
there was all these like brilliant academic students there and everyone was kind of like why is Emma there like she's smart because I was like an AB student but I was never like <laughs> not to the same level as the students sitting next to me they were all in like the running to be ducks and whatever yeah and only two people my two best friends in school knew that I was suicidal at that point and I stood up in front of an entire cohort of year 11s and like eight people from my cohort and I was like I nearly killed myself four months ago and that's why I'm here to be like take care of your mental (laughs) health um and looking back on that a lot of that anxiety was coming from undiagnosed ADHD my therapist and I did a lot of work on reflection on points in my life where it could have been ADHD um and when I got my ADHD diagnosis, like, officially from the psychiatrist, it wasn't just ADHD. It came along with some other <laughs> things to keep things interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bipolar type 2 diagnosis. Um, and my psychologist was quite unsure on that. She's like, you've got tendencies, but it's not... I wouldn't say you're bipolar, and I'm nearly off my mood-stabilizing meds. I've been coming off them since the start of the year. It also came along with some OCD and PTSD, just to keep things interesting. <laughs> um, so there's a little war in my head between the OCD and the ADHD, um, and it's been a massive grieving process as well for me um, in just coming to terms with if someone had seen something or said something earlier, would things have been different in my life? Um, but do you think you were ready to hear it at that age? <sighs> I think when I got the diagnosis, I didn't even care that it now gave me access to medication. It was like, I have had this massive mental shift of not being so hard on myself. And I've always been a perfectionist and that's been caused by the ADHD being like, I know I can do this, but why can't I? Yep. And having the diagnosis, it's just kind of like giving me a bit more breathing room to not be perfect. And that... Now these are happy tears. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, this is reflective too. This is like... Changed the way I see myself. I am not as hard on myself. I give myself space to just be... Me. Um, there's been an awful lot of self-reflection going on. A lot of therapy. I've been seeing my therapist... I actually had my last therapy session last week. Which I was exciting. Like, so proud of myself. Graduated uni, graduated therapy. <laughs> um, like, it's not that I'm, like, done with therapy, because I did therapy when I was first diagnosed with, like, the anxiety and everything. Um, and it helped massively. And I know that during big changes in my life and, like, just periods of busyness and not normal usually one or two sessions to just kind of, like, wrap my head around things with someone who's completely, like, out of the situation is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a big believer in that. And if you are looking at a diagnosis or thinking that that might be the case, the first thing you need to do is get that mental health plan. If you're in Australia, go talk to your GP and start seeing a psychologist because yeah. the medication is not the fix to things. It's there to help you with what you're doing like Mm. I'm lucky that I just have like a mild mixed type diagnosis so I'm hyperactive and inattentive so I'm like 
that naughty five-year-old boy in the class that everyone kind of pictures, but also just like this off with the fairies kind of person. And I chop and change between the two and it's all like, I just now realized looking at a pile of laundry in my house that I have a load of laundry in the washing machine <laughs> that I need to put out. Um, but there's been like a grieving process and it's just, the diagnosis has just helped me come to terms with things in my head. And it hasn't been easy, but like the therapies helped me putting in place other systems and I was struggling with the therapy and my therapist could see me trying, but it just, it wasn't working. I didn't have like enough mental capacity, I guess, to like put it into practice. And then when I got access to meds, it was like a switch had flicked. And it was like things were starting to click and I was actually able to like put in place more of what I was trying to put in place before and I was actually able to maintain it better. So tell me about the medication. So is this something that we trialed and error? <clears throat> yes. Or, okay. Very much so. Um, so when you first start on medication, um, they usually trial you on something that's short acting first. So in Australia we've got Ritalin, which is methylphenidate, mm-hmm. and then... Dexamphetamine. Those are the two. Five ends. No, this is dexamphetamine. So these are the quick acting ones. Okay, okay. And then you can move on to like long acting versions of both of them. They're a slightly different chemical compound that makes them long acting, but they're like a slow release tablet. But you can't go straight onto them because you have to figure out like what your like I guess dose is across a day to then be able to swap across from the quick acting ones which last anywhere between sort of like three and four hours in your system and then you take another dose to the long acting one where you usually take like one in the morning and then that gets you through the day some people will have to top up with a short acting one depending on the day they're having Mm -hmm. so my psychiatrist and I we have like a medication plan and it's like he's a bit more lenient with me in my medications and I have a bit more of a trial and error that I'm allowed to do because he knows that I'm a pharmacy student and I know like the medications and I, he was actually really surprised when I went back for my follow-up after I first got access to medication and my first script of dexamphetamine because I went back and he's like, okay, how many do you have left? Do I need to write you a new script? I was like, I've only taken 16 tablets. And he's like, what do you mean? 16 or 16? Because if it had been 16, I would have been abusing my medication. But 16, he was like, that's not enough. And I was like, well... I only take it on days when I need to take it. If I'm just hanging around at home, I don't need it. Because the side effects aren't nice. Mm. Um, Have you experienced any side effects? Yeah, like crazy. Like to a point where it's like, I don't want to be on medication forever because of the side effects. And what side effects have you found? Is I get a stupidly dry mouth. Like yep. no matter how much water I drink, my mouth is like always dry. Which is horrible. Um, urinary retention. And I am... Like, I get UTIs really frequently, mm-hmm. and I'm allergic to the only preventative medication that no. I can take. I come out in whole body hives. So, like, I have to be really careful with making sure that I'm doing literally everything I can every day to avoid getting a UTI. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just, like, get them. Even if I've not had anything that would be, like, 
a trigger for a UTI. I'll just like wake up one day. I'm like, oh great, I've got a UTI today. So that for me is a really like unideal side effect because urinary retention can lead to UTIs because you're not flushing the bacteria out enough. Um, so that's not great. Um, and because it like messes with all your water and everything, I then get like dry skin and I already have like, I have psoriasis. So then like the dry skin and that, and it doesn't work nicely in that regard. Yeah. Um, so those are my main side effects. It was also like an appetite suppressant effect. Um, some people like that. Some people don't like that. For me, it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing because part of my like coping when I'm unmedicated is I eat a lot. Like I binge like crazy. So again, another trigger warning probably needed there for like food and things like that because I go for like snacks, like chips and chocolate and lollies and things like that. And sugar and me are not friends. I am, I have cut it out massively from yep. my life but I'm like that five year old kid at a party who's eating half like the table <laughs> and I will eat heaps of food and then I have that massive sugar high and then I crash and I crash hard yep. so it's like I've had to change the way I eat and that's also actually not been a bad thing because having the medication I'm not looking for the dopamine in those aspects of my life so my relationship with food has actually gotten better Yep. And I also have the energy... Well, energy is the wrong word. So there's this teaspoon analogy where it's like every morning you wake up and you have nine teaspoons and each teaspoon is like an activity for the day that uses a lot of brain power. So for some people, that first teaspoon might not get used until you get to work that day. For me, that first teaspoon gets used just waking up and turning my alarm off in the morning and getting out of bed. That, for me, will be one to two teaspoons. So when I'm unmedicated, and I've already used two teaspoons just to get out of bed in the morning, that makes a day very hard when you've run out of teaspoons by the time you get to work. Now, talk to me about this. We can kind of delve into this teaspoon concept because you're a university student. Mm. So how does this affect your focus at uni? You know, you don't get to choose really when your classes are. Your classes might be... (laughs) Yeah, you might be at uni from... I know you were there from eight to five some days. Yeah. Lectures, workshops. How the fuck do you manage focusing and really utilizing those teaspoons per se so pre-medication let's look at pre and then let's look at now so pre-medication it was just sheer determination of i just need to get through the day Mm -hmm. and then you get to go to bed tonight like that was my reward was going to bed because i rely very heavily on sleep without sort of like eight and a half is like my minimum to function I need 10 is ideal. And I've always been like that. Like during year 12, I was like in bed at eight o'clock every night. Like everyone knew, don't message me after eight. You're not getting a response until she's out of bed at seven 30 the next morning. Like that's 11 and a half hours of sleep that I was needing. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I was like reverting back to being a toddler. Yeah. Um, because I just needed that time for my brain to like reset. Um, So it was just making sure that I was utilizing my time well. So when I did have energy, I had to make sure, like I have so many to-do lists and it's like, if I had time and like teaspoons, I had to make use of that. But also keeping myself really busy. This is a really bad thing to do. Don't, don't do this. (laughs) (laughs) Do not do this. (laughs) Um, 
keeping myself stupidly busy meant that I didn't have time to just go down ADHD rabbit holes, which yeah. I didn't realize were ADHD rabbit holes at the time. What's um, an ADHD rabbit hole? Hyperfocusing on okay. something. And when I hyperfocus on something, very textbook, I will not eat, I will not go to the toilet, I will not sleep. I am like all consumed by one activity until the shininess is worn off. Yep. And then and are these... I won't touch it. I know you spoke to me a little while ago about the new hobbies concept. Oh my god, is that, that cupboard this? next to you, that cupboard right there, <laughs> is all just dead hobbies. And is that yeah, one of these? it is. Okay. And I will spend insane amounts of money on it too. Yeah. Like I have to know everything, I have to have everything, and then in a week's time it's done. Now let me ask a personal question. Yes. You don't have to answer. How do you manage friendships and relationships around this? It's really fucking hard. Yeah. It's like... If I don't actively, like, see you on a regular basis, it's not that I don't love you and I don't, like, love you as a friend and appreciate you. It's just I don't see things. They're not there. Yeah. Object impermanence is another thing people struggle with. Um, So, like, my partner and I, we did long distance for the first year and a half of our relationship um, until we moved in together (laughs) this year. Um, So... From going from long distance to moving in together is a big step for any relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let alone... Fucking somebody who's dealing yeah. with their own actual thing. Yeah. And so, it's like, when we weren't seeing each other, like, he just, like, didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And, like, then when I had, like, a minute to sit and think, I was like, oh, hang on, I have a boyfriend that I love and I miss. Mm-hmm. Like... Stuff like that where, and at the moment, like, now living together when he goes away, it's even more, like, because it's, like, very intense periods of, like, it's a very small apartment. And so (laughs) there is no way to escape from each other when we are at home together. And so it's, like, almost binging on the relationship. And I really, like, struggled to try and, like, maintain a healthy relationship in that regard from like my end like this is not anything external or like within our relationship being healthy or unhealthy but it's like my own thing where it's like I have to be like no this is not a binge on a person um and I can very easily binge in friendships as well where it's like it'll be a new friend and it'll be all consuming for like a month and they're like hey cool new friend I can do lots of stuff with them and then a month in it's like whoa, do they, like, not like me or whatever because they've really pulled back in the friendship. And it's not that I've, like, pulled back in the friendship. It's this, like, constant battle with myself for anything. Once it's not shiny and new anymore, it's like, eh, I'm bored with that now. So like, how the fuck did you get through a degree? Um, <laughs> I couldn't start a third one, yeah. basically. But... Because that's a huge feat. Yeah. That's a huge feat for anybody. Yeah. Considering now... That you're somebody who's dealing with ADHD, which means you aren't attentive. Well, you stay attentive and then you switch off to something else. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons why I keep myself so busy with so many things. Okay. Um, Because if I have lots of different things going on, the newness stays there for a lot longer. Mm. And then it got to a point where there was a lot of points where I was like, I want to drop out. Yep. But I didn't because I was determined and I was like I know that this is what I want I started this degree two years out from school um I'd already done a certificate four which is like not a degree it's like TAFE study yeah um but 
you can only do them in pharmacy if you're working in a pharmacy. You can only do certificates because it's like all skills and training and stuff and you have to do practice hours. Um, and so the trigger for me was the second unit I did, because I had enough experience, I could skip the first few, where it was kind of like giving you a brief introduction to the main classes of medications. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is super interesting. Like, I want to do this more. I have a very science brain. And I think I like science because there's always new, exciting, fun things. You can just ask lots of questions and find new, exciting things. Um, and pharmacy changes so quickly as well that there's actually always something exciting and new yeah. and new papers and stuff like that. So I think that is also one of the reasons why. And, like, new people and patients and problems and, like, all sorts of stuff going on. I think it's a fantastic profession because in community pharmacy you've got customers to serve, like... Stock to put away, stock to order, phones ringing all the time, emails, faxes, like so many things going on that it's kind of a chaotic environment that's very easy to thrive in. Yeah. Um, then I went on hospital placement and I was talking to them and <laughs> I've spoken to a few people and people with ADHD in healthcare often find themselves in emergency departments in hospitals. <laughs> um, again, it's one of those environments with so much stuff going on and if you've got that hyperactive brain, you're so used to your brain having so much stuff going on and having so many different trains of thoughts that it's kind of like, instead of just having one or two trains of thoughts that are on topic and then like four others that are off topic in an ED, you'll have six that are on topic, but they might be your six different patients that you're looking after. And so I love this because looking at you from a holistic point of view, you've got, your therapy, your mm-hmm. medication, your relationships and friends, mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. sleep, uh, and then also now fitness. Mm. So tell me about your fitness journey and mm-hmm. how this has kind of impacted how you manage your ADHD or how it has yep. influenced ADHD. So when I first got, like I've, I was really fit and I have a very all or nothing mentality and there's been certain periods in my life where I've been, like, mega fit. Like, I was training to get into the military. Like, I was pretty damn fit at one point. I was exercising, like, every day, if not twice a day. Um, so I could meet those fitness requirements. Um, and then life happened, Christmas, New Year's, I can't form habits. Um, I try really damn hard. And so... In, like, my goal setting that you set for me for, like, the next eight weeks, one of the things was changing how I view the word habits in my mind. And so I've decided habits are not, like, a neurotypical habit where you can do things long enough and then you just start doing it on autopilot. For me, a habit is an active, intentional choice I'm making every day to do. Yep. So in reframing that, I'm hoping that I'll be able to form what most of the world calls a habit yeah um because i need routine to survive so having exercise it's also added in an extra point for me to have routine around it helps me clear my medication better which means i can actually sleep when i was on dexamphetamine i could not sleep Mm -hmm. i did not sleep until 2am so (laughs) that was bad um if i only took two doses in a day i could get to sleep at about midnight but 
that's still not enough hours of sleep when I'm getting six hours a night and I need eight and a half minimum to function. Yeah, considering you were just saying how you want to Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Nowhere near enough. But exercising in the afternoon, sort of mid-afternoon when I was taking dexamphetamine was helping me clear my medication better. Mm-hmm. So I could actually get to sleep by like 10, 30, 11, which was amazing. So it also helps me clear... I'm now on the Vyvanse, which is Liz Dexamphetamine, which is the slow-release version of it. Okay. Um, and I can take one or two Dexies during the day if I need to, to top up if it's not enough for the workload of that day. I've only had to do that, like, four times since I've gone on to the slow-release. So, so I just usually... restate that. So you'll take your slow-release once a day? Yeah, I take one in the morning, and then... The fast-release you take... Mm once i'm allowed to take it up to twice but i've only ever needed it once usually for like a high like something like an exam where it's not it'll be like an afternoon exam where my vivance is pretty well worn off and i need that little bit of that ability to not be distracted by someone four rows over clicking a pen or something during an exam because then once I hear the clicking of the pen I'm like oh maybe I should get a clicky pen for exams next time that that way I don't have to worry about losing the lid off the one I've got like this is how my brain like I love seeing how your brain and then all of a sudden I've just like lost 15 minutes of my writing time and you're giving that example (laughs) somebody's just clicked just then yeah just gone oh my god and it was like this is where the tiktok kind of thing was the clicking point Mm -hmm. for me because people have always joked during my life being like oh it's a bit ADHD of you Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah, I know, but it's like, ugh. It's not just like it's not a just label a, that you're throwing around. Yeah, it's, it's like it's actually a chemical deficit in my brain. Mm. So it's seeking to get that chemical, being dopamine, from other things. Mm. And I've lost my train of thought now. So we <laughs> were chatting about fitness and how yes. you kind of brought this into your life. You were in the military. Oh, so you were training, training for the military. Into, yeah. And then you kind of fell off the bandwagon after mm. Christmas and New Year's. Mm. And now you're trying to form these habits, but you're looking at habits differently. Yeah. So. What's happened recently? What's shifted well, for you? For me, I, once I got medication, I got nine teaspoons and I didn't have to use my first teaspoon until it was like packing my bag just before I left to get out of the house to make sure I had everything for the day. Mm-hmm. And that was game changing. Like, I was able to start packing lunches. So I started saving money. So I got better with my finances. That just generally made me feel better about myself. Then I was able to, like, I'd started doing a bit of exercise again and I had enough teaspoons to go, hey, what do I want to do when it comes to exercising? Things like that. And then starting coaching with you, I was like, I need to do this. I need to set myself up now. Because my brain's nearly, like, grown. Fully grown. <laughs> um, I've got a few months left while it's yep. still really plasticky. Um, not that it loses its plasticity. Like, you can always retrain your brain at any point in your life. But this is kind of that key point where my prefrontal cortex... Because you're 24? Yeah. Okay. Hasn't fully, fully developed. It's nearly there, but it's not quite. I'm like, this is my last chance to really try... And set in these really good habits for the rest of my life and kind of build the life that I want. Yeah. 
Um, and also before I start my interview, which is just going to be a whole nother level of like chaos. <laughs> um, but I'm sleeping better because I'm getting some of that restless energy out. I clear my medication better. I just, I feel better in myself. I know that I'm doing something healthy for me and that just like boosting my confidence in that regard also helps in like a lot of that negative self-talk that I'm training myself out of over the last few years. Like it's kind of counterbalancing that as well, which is good. And like when I'm exercising more, I want to eat better. And so it's this really nice like negative feedback loop of things kind of triggering other things. Which has been amazing. Like, I have never felt better with where I'm at in my life. I have never been more confident. I never thought I would be someone to go to a cafe in, like, bike shorts and a sports bra. And I did that. This morning. (laughs) Literally. And, like, the other week. Like, I, like... I don't know, it's just been, it's not just been the exercise, Mm -hmm. it's been like a whole mental shift of like, I can do it as well. Was that the biggest obstacle? The mental block? Yes, massively. And the teaspoons. Because when I get busy and overwhelmed, the first thing to go is exercise for me. Mm -hmm. And then, because I can't have it form, the minute I stop, it's gonna, it's like, it's really hard for me to get back into that like routine again, if it's not something that's forced upon me. Yeah. So I've just had two weeks off from the gym basically tomorrow mm-hmm. and exercising because of exams and I fake tanned and I didn't want to have a sports bar or something, rub the tan off for my dress that I wore for ball. And then she was sick. <laughs> and then I got COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so, and again, coming back from COVID, I need to make sure that I don't overdo it so I don't end up with long COVID. Like I've already lost my sense of smell and taste. <laughs> so that's really sad. I don't want to give myself like chronic fatigue or this permanent exhaustion for months because the brain fog's been insane and I don't want to continue that. I don't have the time for that. It's also going to just make me feel shit and I don't want that. So it has been this massive shift and I'm like, I woke up yesterday morning and I was like, I just want to go and sweat in the gym and like be exhausted and come home and like lie on the couch and feel amazing about myself. I hate going to the gym and motivating myself to go to the gym. But once I'm in there and I've started like doing stuff, I'm like, how fucking yeah, look at me go. I went up in weights the last session before I like fake tanned. And I was like, hell yeah, look at me go. Like that was when we had that PT mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. I and I was like so proud of myself. I was like bouncing was around the so house all afternoon. Yeah. I loved it. And it was like two-ish months in and it's mm-hmm. like I've started seeing progress and like everyone at ball was like oh my god you're like glowing you look so good this dress looks amazing and I was like it's like if you want to look like this too go talk to Angel (laughs) like (laughs) like, this is all her like I just did what she told me to do and really poorly at that but like no but I love that because I want I want you to talk about this you don't go to the gym six days a week. Oh, absolutely not. You don't eat I'm lucky to go 20, twice. Right? And Late day one, mm-hmm. I'm so good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Late day two, it. never done it once. <laughs> but that's really cool to me because I get people message me or women often message me going, do I have to go five times a week? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, no. I'm so inconsistent. And like, I know that consistency is what's going to get you like, if I'm not like being, I'm not doing it 
to lift certain weights mm-hmm. or look a certain way. I'm just doing it to try and start getting regular exercise as part of my life again because it hasn't been for so long mm-hmm. that that's all I'm trying to do is get my 150 minutes of vigorous exercise a week in. Yeah. That's literally all I'm trying to do because like I have cardiac disease on my mum's side of the family and I don't want to die early like my grandparents. Like yeah. I also want to be able to go on hikes and not be puffed. And 200 meters into it. Like, this is interesting. Because it's a quality of life thing. Exactly. Exactly. And I saw this morning, this is a bit of tangent, but I saw this morning, you know, there's this new post. Oh, this is the new body trend. And it's like skinnies in. Oh, heroin shakes back again. I don't even know what the fuck I that is. I hate it. So it's this whole thing from like the early 2000s where everyone was stick thin with these super, super low cut jeans. Fuck that. Like where everyone looks anorexic and like they have been doing heroin and they're like just that's not okay. Bones being held together by skin, like it's not a healthy thing. That's not okay. And I love that and you're doing this for fitness and health. Yeah, I'm like I have slight hypermobility in my joints, and I've even felt it. Like I said this to you, where when I'm exercising, I don't feel like my elbows and knees are bending backwards mm-hmm. and like the wrong direction. Like my body feels like it's holding itself together better, and it's like that feeling. When I stop going as much, I'm like, I feel like my knees are about to slide out of place. I think I need to go do some exercise and get these muscles working properly again. And my posture's different, and it's like, I'm not getting as much pain through my shoulders because I hold all of my stress tension through my shoulders. And it's just little things like that where I'm not as hunched over anymore. And like, even just that holding your head up, like, the, like, a standing with correct postures changed my confidence in myself as well. So, it's not the wanting to hit certain weights and stuff like that. And now that, like, I'm through uni and that focus is done, I do want to focus a bit more on hitting certain goals and stuff like that fitness-wise because I've got the time to do it now. And that's going to be my focus. So then, hopefully, I've formed a habit, so my intentional daily choice. So when I start my intern year next year, I'm like, okay, I need to go to the gym three days a week. And three days might be my new minimum, not one, like it is at the moment. And I think that I like that you spoke about the seasons of life. So you go through seasons where it's like, uni's my main focus, I'm doing gym, bare minimum. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you've got time off, you're feeling better, gym is my season. Then it's internships, then it's family, whatever it is, you're allowed to go through these seasons of change, but as long as you're hitting that bare minimum of exercising once a week, twice a week... Uh, eating, you know, relatively good, still, you know, having your yeah. fun shit. And oh, mate, Christmas, all bets are off. Yeah, absolutely. I want to implement running into my next two months. I hate running, despise it like nothing else, mm-hmm. but I'm making a choice that three times a week I will exercise, and if it's not the gym, I'm going for a 2K run around the running track near my house. I'm going to add that in her program. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like I'm going to be away for like a whole month pretty much really chaotically, and I might not... Well, I know I'm not going to have access to a gym for a lot of that. Yeah, we have to run. If I've got mm. sneakers, I can run. Clever. So it's another way for me to still make sure I'm staying in that routine of exercise three days a week where I don't need anything except for a pair of sneakers. And everyone usually takes a pair of sneakers with them when they travel anyway. You don't know what you're going to be doing. So do you think that because this is a blunt question for mm. me, so it's a bit of a... Mm-hmm stab in the front for me mm-hmm. investing in a coach is expensive yeah it's not it is it is an investment in yourself and also the person that's coaching you mm-hmm. do you actually think it's worthwhile 
And yes. you don't have to say yes because I'm... No, right. straight up, yes. No hesitation about it. Yeah. It's taken all of the emotional, like, labour of, like, I wanted to go to the gym, but I know nothing about machines or anything like that and how to do exercises properly. And having a coach, whether it was you or someone else, mm-hmm. I was going to do it anyway. It was something I wanted to do this year and you are just more affordable. Mm-hmm. You understand what it's like to be a uni student as well because we have a similar like life in that regard and I really appreciated the fact that my life semi-lined up with my coach's life because they got it mm. when shit was hard at uni and I was like it's just been a nightmare of a week you're like yeah that happens like you know you understood a bit more without me needing to go into heaps of detail what I was going through mm. and I think that helped a lot compared to other PTs I've had in the past where when I was trying to get into the military, my PT was an ex-military serving member, and they were also a PT in the military. Okay. So for the goals I needed, that was and what I needed, that was perfect. Like, I needed that because he knew exactly the form I needed to do my push-ups in. Like, he was testing me every week with what I needed to do to pass all of my military fitness assessments. Mm-hmm. So I think making sure that you're not just getting a coach for the sake of getting a coach. Mm. You're getting a coach that is fitting what you're wanting out of the big picture. Like, if I wanted to go and, like, lose a ton of weight, like, yeah, yeah, like, you're very much about balance, taking care of yourself, making sure that you're still enjoying things. Like, if I'd gone and wanted to lose a ton of weight, I should have gone and found myself a coach that specializes in losing weight. Yeah. But because I just wanted something that was maintainable and sustainable and fit with my lifestyle, you were the perfect person. Mm. And also you were starting out your business and I wanted to support yes. a friend. <laughs> and you're, for what I get from you, I think you're undercharging. <laughs> <laughs> like, in all honesty, like, yeah. the amount of, like, and maybe it's just because I've seen how much of a difference it's made where it's like, I actually couldn't put a price on the change in my life that has occurred since I started getting it coached. Like, it's just made everything so much easier. And it's just like... Oh my this is so nice. (laughs) This constant person in my back corner that is just like so fucking supportive. It's unbelievable. And like, some days I've like woken up and felt like shit. And then all of a sudden this like message will come through from you and it will change my entire mindset for a day where it's like no I fucking got this like it's amazing and it's like you know I don't know you may copy and paste the same message to everyone and And, like that's totally fine like you also have to make it sustainable for you because like I know at certain points where I was like hella stressed at uni and I know what like this semester is like in third year and it's a fucking nightmare (laughs) and it was like I also wanted to check in on you and make sure you were doing okay. And I think making sure that you have, like, that... Like, I think it helped having, like, a bit of a friendship with you before starting coaching with you because I felt a lot more comfortable being open and honest with you. And, like, you know, my starting goal was to just brush my teeth twice a day. Still can't (laughs) do it. (laughs) I still can't do it. Like... For the life of me. But you like, had a few streaks. I did. Um, 
And I've brushed my teeth every day with COVID, at least three times a day. I just haven't been tracking it because I haven't been on my phone a whole heap. But it was like, I felt like I was comfortable enough because, like, we had a bit of that, like, friendshipy relationship before. And you don't need that, depending on the type of coach you want. But for the things I wanted to get out of it, I needed to have, like, a friendshipy sort of relationship so I could be open and honest with whatever coach I was going to have. Yeah. I think when you have a coach, this is from my perspective as a coach as well, you want somebody who's just got you entirely. Yeah. Like literally you can just like, I don't know how to explain it or really put it into words for my girls or my clients, but it's like, I just feel it in my my heart and my soul. Like I've got them and whatever they tell me, I've lit, I'm that safe. Like, this is safe. And that's the biggest thing I think I wanted for you. Yeah. Was for you to feel like this, you were in this little cocoon and it was safe. And whatever you say will be heard and actually yeah. cared about. And it's like, I gave you feedback on things mm. and you, like, instantly changed it. Like, you know, a lot of the things it was like, just when you've got a chance. <laughs> and it would be fixed like that. Like, yeah. and I think that comes through in, like, how passionate you are as well. And... The fact, I think it also helped that you've got, like, the pharmacy background as well, where, like, I was talking to you about medication and how things kind of interacted and you kind of understood a little bit of the medical terminology as well. Like, I didn't have to, like, explain to you as much as, like, someone who doesn't really have an idea on, like, like the meds I'm on and stuff like that. But I think that's a very minor thing. Like, mm-hmm. the big scheme of things, take the ADHD out of the picture entirely of, like, the last couple of months and... Again, I have seen such an improvement in every other aspect, not just how I cope with the ADHD. Mm -hmm. Like, it does help massively. And so final questions. Do you struggle to detach ADHD from a personality? I don't think... If I didn't have it, I would be a very different person. And I think it's just so intertwined at this point. And looking back over my life, If I didn't have it, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. Like, I wouldn't make the impulsive decisions of saying yes to everything. (laughs) And then, like, looking at my diary, a lot of people look at it. It's all very colour-coded. Like, that's one of my coping mechanisms is, like... Coping mechanism sounds wrong, but one of the things that helps me function in life is my Apple Calendar... Mm-hmm. If you haven't got one and you're looking at getting one, do a Google Calendar. It's just, like, so, good. so much better. Yeah. And I'm just, like, at a point where I'm so invested in my calendar, it would take <laughs> hours to swap across to a Google Calendar Google at this point. where it's at. Um, I'm hoping that I don't have as much stuff in my diary now that I can start to transition across going into next year. Um, just because most stuff syncs to a Google Calendar compared to an Apple Calendar. It just doesn't have the same functionality, but it sings across all my devices. I'm very sucked into the Apple-verse. <laughs> but having, like, they look at that and they're like, what the actual fuck is your week? And I'm like, this is just the compulsory stuff. Mm. This isn't the groceries, the laundry, the feeding myself, the... I haven't been putting the gym into my diary. And I know that's been letting me down. So, again, that's another thing. I'm putting it in my diary. If it's there, it reminds me. It has to be done. Yeah. Um... And I can just reshuffle it if it's not going to fit that day. Like, I haven't been planning the exercise into my day. It's just, I'll find time when I have time. Yeah. And that's going to be a big mental shift is like, no. Well, now you have the time. Yeah. So, but that shouldn't ever have been my excuse because it's health. The weeks when I was exercising, I functioned so much better. Mm. 
And then the weeks when I wasn't, I was like, I was so much better last week and I was exercising last week and not this week and that's the only thing that's changed. (laughs) So, like, your calendar is like, get one. Um, What was I saying before that? Um, We were talking about... Oh, my God, I can't remember the question that I said. Oh, um, ADHD is part of your personality. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to maintain the number of things that I was doing without it, I don't think. Like, I probably could have. But I don't think I would have had the same level of, not ability to do so. Like, I don't quite have the words to describe what I'm trying to get out of my brain right now. Are you, But do you get concerned that it's a part of your personality or are you accepting of it? I have gone through a lot of grieving and a lot of therapy to accept the diagnosis as well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a quick fix band-aid sort of diagnosis. It helped explain some of the things that I hated the most about myself. But I've now tried to look at them and be like, okay, that's what's happened in the past. How can I manage that now? It's not a how can I fix it? How can I change it? It's a how can I manage it? And that's helped massively. And that has helped... Like... Without having it, I wouldn't be who I am. Like, with or without the label or the diagnosis. Like, it's a level of chaos that I will always have. And I've just got to, like, learn to live with it. And I don't want to say chaos in a bad way. Mm. But, like, my life's a whirlwind and I fucking love it. Like. It's fun and challenging and exciting. Yeah. And so what would you say to somebody listening to this now who hasn't been diagnosed but feels that they're having these tendencies. Uh-huh. Where do they even start? How do they Talk even to your GP. Okay. Give it a Google. You can access a few of, like, this diagnostic tests online. The Australian government put out new frameworks and guidelines for healthcare professionals this year, which is really exciting. I didn't know that. Um, on ADHD. I'll send you the link so you can link, link it, it in, in the, the notes the if you can. Notes. Yeah. Because it's amazing. Um... It's also has like all of the big wordy bits, but it also has every single section pretty much broken down into like an A4 poster of like the summary dot points. Yeah. So someone with a really short attention span, aka me, <laughs> can just read the poster because a lot of it is big medical jargon because it's mainly targeted at healthcare professionals because there's been such a big push for it. Um, How would you feel if somebody reached out to you? I would send them in the direction of. Um, there's a f- couple of Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. I'll send you, like, the names of them as well. I can link them below. Um, I have gravitated towards certain podcasts and people in the media. Turns out we've all been exploring ADHD and diagnoses, those guys behind closed doors, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's why I like you so much. Your brain works like my brain. Do you know anybody um, off the top of your head? Emma Rusciano comedian yeah she is amazing she actually interviewed a american psychiatrist on adhd on her podcast um send me a list of all these things i'm telling you because i'm not going to remember them all and i will get all the links for you um and who else abby chatfield she has spoken about it like in bits and pieces across all of her various platforms and podcasts and radio shows and everything. Yeah. Um, 
What else? Those are like the two main ones that are probably well known. And Rashiana's got a slightly like older target audience. She's usually like mums mm-hmm. more than young people. I'm usually one of the youngest people when I go see her live, but like I love her very much. Um she, and Rosciano, mainly out of the two of them, talks more about the ADHD. She's been very open and honest about herself and her whole family. Um, getting a psychologist who specialises in it is really helpful, um, particularly someone with women. If you are going to see a psychiatrist, do your research. Um, get a good one. Yeah. Because particularly one that specialises in women, if you can... They're not cheap. That's the thing. I was so lucky with my whole... Like, the only reason I could afford to see my psychologist every three weeks was because she, bless her soul, bulk built me. Mm. And if you... In Australia, mental health care plan is great. I know mm-hmm. I got ten free sessions because mm-hmm. I went through my own experience, which I will do in another episode. Mm-hmm. We do not have enough time today. <laughs> yeah. But if you're in Australia, absolutely. Yeah. And if you're in the UK, I know they have the National Health Scheme. Mm-hmm. United States, I think that's obviously a little bit more difficult. Mm. But it's not cheap. I think the average cost in Australia is like two and a half grand to get a diagnosis. And the wait lists are insane. Um, I've left it way too late to be able to see one before my script expires for next year to get more meds. Um, but, you know, it's just keep getting it (laughs) um I realized that my script expired um two days before I ran out of my Vyvanse and then I lost my script um another time and I was like called my GP I was like hey I run out of meds tomorrow and I've lost my script like we're on very good terms um he always like has printouts for me when I show up because he knows I study pharmacy and he was on holidays so I had to go nine days during the middle of the busiest assessment period at uni without any medication I had I have some Dexies but I can't sleep on them and I was like I need to sleep more than I need medication to just like (laughs) survive yeah so that was fun um don't lose your scripts have your little spot for your scripts (laughs) Um, don't lose them. Keep on top of the dates on they like run out. Set yourself reminders. And again, the next appointments in Australia scripts only last six months. Yeah, for those types of medications. So Be on top that's of that. a problem. But you also can only get them filled every so often too. Yep. So set yourself reminders and alarms. Go to the same like, pharmacy. Oh <laughs> God, have a regular pharmacy. If I can stress to anyone anywhere in the world, have a regular pharmacy because if they know you. Particularly with ADHD medications, there's extra questions you have to be asked all the time and you feel like you're being, like, scrutinised and you're a criminal. And I know the questions they have to ask and I still hate going and getting it filled at a random pharmacy because they look at you like, do you really need this? Especially as an adult and a woman. They're like, mm, your age, do you? But having a regular pharmacy, they'll ask you those questions the first time. Once they start knowing you and that you get it there regularly, they just stop asking you the questions yeah. and they just fill them. And they still ask the questions they legally have to, but you don't get the extra questions and you don't get the extra like third degree and stuff like that. And if something goes wrong, they can help you. They can call doctors. They can yeah. usually, usually if you're a nice person and like, I always go above and beyond for the lovely regulars, even if they're not like 
coming in every couple of days because they take thousands of things like a lot of oldies do. It's like... And I will always call I a see, doctor. Yeah, always. I will... If you're nice to me and you're a regular, I will go above and beyond for you because I know the situation you're in because I'm... Pharmacists are the worst patients in a pharmacy. We have the worst compliance. It's so bad. Like, I'm terrible. I'm so but... bad. I'm so bad. Now... Usually, it's actually been like 50 minutes. Oh my god, so yeah. sorry. No, There'll be plenty of stuff sorry. to cut. No, no, I'm not cutting anything. I don't cut things in this podcast. Okay. <laughs> we just let it roll. I know it's my favourite thing about this. Um, cut it in half, do two parts. <laughs> no, people will listen to the whole thing. That will just like... That, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, don't even stress. Like people... Wow. Yeah. I went on a lot of tangents. Side quests. <laughs> Last question. Mm. I want you to say your favourite thing of the week. Something you're proud of. Something you're grateful Ooh. for. Something is a humble brag and not so humble brag. Something superficial. Something deep and meaningful. You know what it is? Tell me. I actually like really as much as I hated being sick and I felt like shit. It was so nice to just rest. Mm. Like I did nothing. I downloaded a whole bunch of games on my phone, which I now need to delete because <laughs> I will be sucked into that hole forever. But it was just like nice to just like turn off lay around I caught up on all my tv shows like no guilt at all and I shouldn't feel guilty for like watching a show but it's like I slept I turned off all my alarms I went to bed when I felt like my body clock is shot right now didn't cannot get to sleep before midnight at the moment (laughs) cannot wake up before 10 like it's terrible but my body needed it and I just like listened to what my body needed and if it said I need to eat a whole can of Pringles and eat half a bag of Zupa she ate them that's what I did and I feel so much better for it. I'm, like, so excited for, like, this, like, next phase in my life. And I don't think I would have had a proper rest post-uni if I wasn't forced into resting because I got sick. I need to get better at that. And I'm so very aware of it. And that is something that my psychologist and I have planned in. And I will be planning into my diary and my calendar regular days of nothing. Where I'm not allowed to use it to catch up on life admin and things like that. It is literally just a day to wake up when I feel like it. Go get coffee. And see what I want to do. Go if I'm not wanting to do some emails and whatever, sure, cool. But that's not my goal for that mm. day. So I think it's been very good for me in that regard. That it's like forced me to have a rest. And I'm like, I need to slow my life down a little bit. And I'm very excited for that. Well, that is so exciting. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. No worries. Thank if you anybody me. wants to know any more about ADHD or any of the links that Emma was talking about, or if they want to spam Emma, feel free. Everything will be in the show notes. Okay, cool. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.